In recent weeks, we've heard in our readings of the preparatory work done by John the Baptizer, how he put the way out ahead, how he spread that message of repent, and how the crowds started to gather and to seek something new for their lives. And then, to him came Jesus. Jesus, the one who can take away sins. The one that would baptize not just with water, but with the Holy Spirit. And he has called disciples to follow to journey with him. This week we, we see that many people are gathering. But Jesus does what he quite often does as we read the word. He, he tries to remove himself a little bit from the crowd and spend time. Sometimes it's alone. In this occasion, it's with the disciples. Because this is sort of the, the first teaching on the mountainside. The first bit of instruction we have in Matthew from Jesus's lips. And it's about how to be God's people. Sermon in the Mount, which we'll be looking at this week and next week too. We've got to read the bit that follows on, sort of starting at verse 13 next week. Explores, you know, what it is to be a follower, what it is to be a disciple. And so we have to start with the disciples learning that. That message of going up the mountainside is, is sometimes thought of as Jesus's um, equivalent to where Moses at Mount Sinai receives the Ten Commandments. There's a new beginning for the people. There's teaching there that's just starting. Rules for life. Ways to understand. And just as in that mountainside, back in Exodus, Moses taught 12 patriarchs, we see 12 disciples gathering. And as they gather, Jesus gives a description of who God's people are and also what they may experience. John Stott, in his book on the Sermon on the Mount, says, the Beatitudes are Christ's own specification of what every Christian ought to be. The thing is, though, when I read it, although we desire the blessed 
parts, do you really want to experience what these people do? Poor in spirit. Those who have lost someone they love, they're mourning. Those suffering persecution because of their faith. Or those who are encountering a lack of righteousness. We might like the idea of being a peacemaker, but to be one, you have to be with those who are in places where there isn't much peace. We might want to be merciful, but what has happened that we need to show mercy? When you start thinking about it, it doesn't really sound that great does it? Yet having faith in Jesus Christ in those situations that we find ourselves in turns those situations around, making us hopeful instead of hopeless. Being a disciple helps us start to see the world differently. And if we see something differently, we start to relate to it differently and explore it differently and use our time and our talents and our money and the blessings that we have in life, all the things that we're able to do, we do that differently too when we see the world God's ways. The teaching of Jesus here as he says blessings upon people that are disadvantaged is not soft, is it? It's very hard. And his disciples need to know that being faithful to him might well not be an easy life. There was an understanding that still persists in much of society, including the church, about what it is to have a blessed life. That experiencing blessedness means the brokenness of the world won't impact you, and that's wrong. There are still people in some churches that speak the unbiblical myth that if you're faithful, then life will be easy. And if your life is hard, whose fault is it? Is it your own? That's just not it, is it? We all experience hard times. We all face challenges. We all find things that are painful. We will, at some time in our life, mourn. be well, but sometimes maybe be challenged because of our faith. In some countries, that, that is in a much harder way than what we usually experience, but we might still encounter it. Being faithful people we will still face challenge. 
And the challenges we face are not because of our lack of faith. Remember in John 9, how Jesus is presented with a man who was born blind. And the crowd says, oh, you know, whose fault's this? Who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents? And of course, Jesus' response was, well, it wasn't either. He wasn't blind because of sin. He was just born blind, but he was born blind. And now I can make a difference and gives him his sight. He brings healing. He brings something new of the kingdom. We long for wholeness to be known. An end to the suffering in the world. An end to the hunger and the homelessness. The wars and the domestic violence. The prejudicial behavior and a me-first attitude. A new me-too stories. We long for them to end. And one day, we don't know when, but one day Christ will come again and there will be completeness. But in the meantime, we live in the not yet and as individuals and together we experience the groaning of the earth all in his letter to the speaks of as having continued since creation. We may experience that pain of the world in our own physical or emotional pain because of what illness or other situation we find ourselves in. But the Beatitudes, these verses about blessings, remind us that we are not alone when we face that pain. Even in times of great unrest and our lives being turned upside down, God is able to give the faithful hope. With each one of the eight scenarios that's presented in the passage, the issue itself is not exactly described as being resolved. Many are in the future, perhaps even related to the age to come and the judgment that awaits all. But there is something of these in the present too. Rather like how Charles III, our new king, was from birth the inheritor of the throne, the believer from their moment of confession of Christ as their Lord has their place in the kingdom of heaven. The seat is reserved at the banqueting table. It's there for you. It's ready. those who have committed themselves to Christ will know mercy 
they will see righteousness. They will be called children of God. And even if they, we, are worn down, even if we are feeling weak in faith, even if we are being insulted because of our faith, we have that promise. Perhaps they, we, pray and pray about what we're facing and what we see in the world. And in our eyes, nothing seems to be changing. Or maybe their faith is just hanging on by a thread. Jesus says, theirs is the kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven. The kingdom promise has not been taken from them. Indeed, it's the same promise as those who are strong in spirit and being persecuted for their faithfulness. Whether they've got that strength, whether they're feeling weak, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. It's not based on physical ability. It's not based on how many hours we spend doing things for God on how Jesus died on the cross for our sin and opened the way to us. It may be that as you choose to walk closer with God, you may suffer as a consequence. There are converts to Christ who are dead to their families. There are people who were friends who turn away because of the believer's faithfulness and when we speak out about righteousness and justice. Seeking truth to prevail can make individuals unpopular with their, their employer or maybe with those in authority positions. But if you are a disciple of Jesus, then however dark the night you are facing, God not only stands by you, but continues to bring light for the pathway that lies ahead. Whatever you may face, you may know that presence and find the way to continue to trust and to journey with the Lord. Let us be people who commit ourselves each day to living out our faith and in so doing may we know the blessings of God. Amen.